Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. So what's up, 12 Stone Home? As you can see, we're hanging out here in my house, in our kitchen. Give us some grace. We're still unpacking stuff. There's still stuff sort of laying everywhere. But we're, again, we're trying to transform this place from a house into a home. And uh, many of you are hanging out right now in your homes, uh, living rooms, kitchens. Uh, I don't know where you're at, but they're all over the place. And we've got 12 Stone Homes all over the world, literally. I'd shout out to to a Wally out in, and Joy out in, in Uganda, literally Uganda. We've got people uh, out, up in the Pacific Northwest in Spokane, man, shout out to you guys. We got the crazy bunch in the barn. We got Boulder Creek Coffee, Athens, Winder, Brazelton, Snellville. I'm gonna leave somebody out, but man, welcome. We're glad you're with us. We think this is gonna be a really important day in the life of 12 Stone Home because we're talking about what it looks like here for us to make a change. Like, what does it look like for us to be a part of making change? And my family's been through a lot of change in the last two weeks. Uh, we've changed where we live, which means we've changed where we get gas from, where we shop at, where our kids go to school, tons of change. I've changed who my neighbors are. Like, we're meeting people again for the first time. So change is a part of life, but the reality is we're gonna be looking at what change looks like on a massively broad scale today. We're gonna to be sitting inside of, of our last family picture in the book of Acts. So if you walk through these five weeks looking at snapshots of our early church family, and as we look back at them, we're trying to figure out how do we live forward based on what we learned by looking back. Today, we're gonna to be looking at Acts 19 and 20. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and grab that. We're gonna be looking at that. We're gonna breeze through Acts 19 and we're gonna camp out in Acts 20, and, and here's what happens in Acts 19. It sort of paints the picture of what happened with the power of the gospel in one city. That city is Ephesus. Ephesus was a massive city. It was the crossroads of so many things of commerce and travel, and this was a major city, like, like Atlanta, where we're at, or wherever you're at, the major city, that was Ephesus. And Ephesus was radically changed with the power of the gospel. See. Things changed not just in the church. Yes, the church was growing, people were coming to Christ, but that change spilled out of the walls of the early church and into the city, the marketplace. Commerce changed, politics changed, probably the education system changed, like relationships changed, where people shopped changed. In Acts 19, 17 to 20, uh, what happened is the word of God sort of started to spread and people started to hear the power of the gospel to cast out demons. I know it's kind of crazy, but, but the, 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 the name of Jesus was spreading and the power that he had was spreading. And so what happened was there's a bunch of these guys who practiced sorcery. It was crazy, like witchcraft, like crazy stuff. And they brought all of their pagan scrolls and they burnt them as they surrendered their life to Jesus. And they said that that was worth 50,000 drachmas. That would be like 200 years wages. Something like $12 million worth of scrolls were burnt as these people started turning to Jesus. Like they were leaving their old life behind and burning any evidence of what it used to look like. In verses 20 to 27 of Acts 19, there's a guy named Demetrius. And Demetrius made these silver idols to the god of the city of Ephesus, Ar Artemis, and, and he made his living selling these idols. 
But what happened is so many people in that city turned to Jesus that business was going down. So he called like a, like a city council meeting almost and said, guys, we're losing our shirts. No one's buying our idols anymore. And there was like an uproar in the city and crazy stuff happened. But, but what you need to see is the city was literally being transformed. Commerce changed. Like the needles on the dashboard of the city were different because of what Jesus was doing. And if you're a follower of Jesus, don't you long for that? Like, don't you desire to see the change that happens in us inside the walls of a church or inside the walls of a 12-stone home spill over and actually change our community? Like, what would it look like if the places we lived and we brought Jesus, like in our own communities, divorce lawyers would be like, hey guys, I, I'm not gonna be able to pay the bills this month because no one's getting divorced anymore. Or, or like if prison guards were starting to get laid off because there weren't enough prisoners because people weren't committing crime like they used to. If, if food pantries were starting to go, I got no one to give the food to because everyone's just being generous and taking care of each other. If students started actively sharing their faith in school, like what would it look like if, if the dashboard of the places we lived changed because of the power of Jesus. That's what was happening inside of the city of Ephesus. And that's what was happening and it's encapsulated in Acts 19. But this is what's cool about how God's wired each of us. When I say God's gonna change a territory or a community, when I make that list of what that looks like, it's probably unique to me. And as I say that, maybe you would have a different list. Here's the first place I want you guys at 12 Stone Home. I want you to pause in a second. And I want you guys to just have a conversation because God's wired each of us uniquely. We all have different passions and, and things that we care about and things that break our heart and things that we ask God, oh God, if you could change this. So here's the question. If you could give your life to see one thing change in your community, what would it be? Like, would it be the divorce rate thing? Would it, would it be uh, that, that people are just more kind to each other? What would that look like? So take a second, push pause, answer this question. If you could give your life to see one thing change where you live in your community, what would that be? So hopefully you guys had some, some cool conversations about the unique places that we have passion to see God bring transformation, like right where you live, in your apartment complex, in your dorm, in your neighborhood, in your city. Man, I, I long for that. I don't, I don't know what you would put on your list, but I, I, I would assure you there, there are things. But here's the problem. Let's go back to the question we said we're gonna answer. If, if we sort of know the places we would say, God, it would be incredible if you could change this or transform that. Here's the question. Why does it seem so hard to actually make a change? like personally make a change or make change, bring change to the community around you. Let me say it this way. Here's the simplest way I can answer that. It's like sometimes we get so stuck at the starting line because the finish line seems so far away. I don't know where to start. Like sometimes it's like I'm standing at the starting line of change, either personally or to see change in my community that it looks like it's so far away that I never even take the first step. We can all be guilty of this. Like, think about if, if, if God would have told Paul, listen, Paul, I want you to go to the city of Ephesus and I want you to change the economy, the way people do commerce, the schools, the politics, the relationships, where people shop, how they spend money. Go ahead and do that, Paul. Like, I don't know what Paul would have done, but if I was Paul, I would be overwhelmed. Like, I wouldn't know where to start with that. When in fact, the way that God called Paul to Ephesus was simply this, bring Jesus to the city. 
Like see the next person come to Christ, like take the next step. And sometimes we get stuck and, and change seems so hard because we get stuck before we even make the first step. It's why, and not to pick on anybody, I've been there. It's why so many people start a diet and never finish it. More so never even start because you start to like weigh about what's happening and you go, it would take me so long to lose that much weight. Forget it. I'm just going to Taco Bell, right? Like I'm done. Like we, we, we've been there before. See, we get so stuck seeing the size of what change would, would require that we don't know how to even take our first step. And listen, if you're a part of 12 Stone Home, it's likely because you want to be a part of making an impact to seeing change somewhere. Like maybe you're showing up because you're going, I wanna change, I wanna be changed. And maybe you're on that journey of meeting Jesus and knowing who he is and surrendering to him and, and you're here sort of checking out what that would look like personally. Or maybe you're a part of 12 Stone Home because you go, I wanna be a part of something that makes an impact right where I live. Well, you're in the right place. But even, even here at 12 Stone Home, we, we get stuck in this. And here's what's cool. We're gonna be sitting inside of Acts 20. Acts 19 details what a changed city looks like. And then Paul, as he's leaving the city of Ephesus for the last time, they'll never see him again. He calls the church elders around and says, listen guys, I need one more conversation with you. And this is what he chooses to do with that last conversation. He's gonna remind the church elders, listen, guys, you can look around and see this changed city. I wanna remind you how it got that way. How did we actually see God transform a city? And as I start to read this passage, I'm gonna be in Acts 20, 18 to 24. I asked Pastor David, why don't you come grab a seat, pull up a chair, because we're gonna, we're gonna unpack this in a practical way in a second. But here's, here's Paul's words, you ready? Yep. You need this. I do, I okay. need so badly. Here's, here's what Paul says. When they, the Ephesian church elders, arrived, Paul said to them, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. That's the first 12 stone home group right there. there you go. I have declared both to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now compelled by the spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. I don't know what's gonna happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Good. Can't you just feel the emotion? Yeah. Like it's Paul, like this is his last moments with this church. He's going, let me remind you, the whole time I was with you, you know how I lived. Yep. And I want us to unpack, back to the question, why does it feel sometimes so hard to see change? Because right. I don't think we know where to start. And Paul gives us something of a roadmap. Here's the first one. Uh, if you guys take notes in 12 Stone Home, take these notes. Here's the first one. Serve humbly. He said in verse 19, Paul said, I serve the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. Paul starts out with like, you almost could pass over this, right? Like yep. serve humbly, got that, check. What's the next thing? I want the big thing. I want, I want to see a city transformed. And Paul goes, stop, start here, serve humbly. <laughs> Humbly, don't just serve, don't just be humble, serve humbly. 
And even when things are tough, like if we, we learned last week about how tough things were for Paul, and he said, no, serve humbly. That might look like mowing your neighbor's lawn. Yes. That, might, that might look like helping a new neighbor move in. It might look like sort of having a, an encouraging conversation with someone eating dinner next to you in the square, but serve humbly. Right. That's where this starts. Yeah. And, I, and John Maxwell said this, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. And that's a cheesy turn of phrase, but dang it, it he's, works. he's right. It works. People yeah. want to know. And, and here's what's cool. I asked you to the, just get some stories of what's already yeah. happening in 12 Stone yeah. Home because God's doing amazing things. What stories would we have that would sort of show how we're already serving humbly? Yeah, the reality is, for those of you who are involved in 12 Stone Home, you kind of embody this. And one yes. thing that we've done is we invited you to have neighborhood parties. And the whole purpose is just to serve the neighborhood by having some great food. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's a lot of people who live in neighborhoods, apartment complexes, wherever you are, that there's a sense where they feel alone and lonely. And a neighborhood party, food brings people together. So I have just Amen. a couple of stories. And you've done this all over the country, which is really cool. You've all had, you all have great stories. But I picked a couple. I actually just got this picture a few minutes Hot ago. Hot off the press. Hot off the press. And so here's, it's a note to a, a host who did this neighborhood party. They served and just says, you are just what this neighborhood needed. A young family to bring new energy. There was lots of wonderful, delicious food, good company, a chance to talk with neighbors, a marvelous idea. It seems so simple, but it's just a way to serve your neighborhood. Dude, as our culture changes, serving humbly is going to be more radical. Oh my goodness, yeah, because people actually think that we want something from them when actually we just want to, we want to serve. We want to have the hands and feet of Jesus and serve people. Absolutely. Something else happened. We had a neighborhood party in Duluth, and somebody came to that neighborhood party, ended up coming to church, and Pastor Steve that week actually challenged us to to pray, God, would you bring someone in my path to bless? And so what happened is we had somebody first time there began to pray, God, use me. And she had a girl at the grocery store who didn't have enough money to buy the grocery. And so she thought, this is my opportunity. This is what God's actually calling me to do in this moment. So she basically paid for the groceries. And the girl said, why would you do this? She said, well, I hadn't been to church in a long time. I went to church and they asked me to pray the prayer. And I think you're the recipient of what God's calling me to do. So it's just a really cool way to serve humbly. And it sounds so small and so trite, doesn't it? Right. And it's like, okay, I want to see change. I want to see God do all these things. And and, and Paul's going, stop. It always starts here. It starts with serving humbly. So why is it so hard sometimes to to, to make a change, see change happen? Because we skip the small stuff. Like start here, serve humbly, but it doesn't end there. Like that's the first step on the starting line. Paul continues, here's the second thing. First is serve humbly. Second is speak boldly. And here's what Paul said in verse 20. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. Listen, it is always, it always starts serving humbly, but it never ends there. Because mm-hmm. we don't want stuff from people, right, right. but man, do we want people to know Jesus. Because ultimately we could mow as many lawns as we want. We can pay for as much and many groceries as we want. We could host parties and block parties for as long as we wanted to. But ultimately, people need to know Jesus. And Paul was saying, listen, you know how I live while I was with you. I served humbly, humbly, but but I spoke boldly. And here's what's cool. As you read through the, the book of Acts, Paul got opportunity after opportunity to speak. And it was like his default was to go back to his story. Mm, that's so good. Like when he got pulled yeah. in front of like major leaders right, of, the, right. of the ancient world. If you put me in front of them and said, say something, I, I'm gonna, I don't know. Paul just <laughs> went, all right, great. Let me tell you about what Jesus did for me. Right. I was on the road to Damascus. I met Jesus. He changed everything. 
Now, he said some, some really brilliant things, but you don't need a theology degree to tell your story. And so maybe where you start, how do we make a change? How do we reach our neighbor? How do we see our community transform for Jesus? You start by serving humbly. And when they know you actually love them, speak boldly yeah. and tell your story. And it should be current. Like, what's Jesus yeah. doing in you right now? And, and we got some really cool stories, but you got one personally right yeah, now. Uh, yeah, I have a friend, met him two years ago. Actually, we were grilling out and hanging out and having, food is involved in a lot of these stories. Again, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say that. We were hanging out and actually, before I shared my story with him, I asked him what his story was. Mm. And he was struggling. And, and one down. thing we've all discovered is, the reality is we can try to change ourselves, but that change is incomplete unless Jesus is the one mm -hmm. who's transforming us from the inside out. So his name's Chris. He and I walked together, um, literally and figuratively. We worked out together and spent time together for a couple of years. He had wow. never read the Bible. And he grew up in Atlanta, which is typically the the, the belt buckle of the Bible oh, belt? The Bible belt. Yeah, that, so it's that. And so he grew up in Atlanta, had never read the Bible, and so over time, just sharing the gospel with him, sharing story with him over and over the story of Jesus, my story, what God was doing in my life. Um, last weekend, a couple weeks ago, he actually surrendered his life to Jesus. Come on now. And um, I, um, anyway, I, I've learned so much from him. I'm better because of him. Yeah. And God just transforms people when we share our story. And, and we, we overcomplicate it. Back to this whole thing, we never take the first step in the race because the yeah. finish line looks so far away. Like if you'd have looked at Chris two years ago and said, how do I bring him to Jesus? It feels like it's oh, so yeah. far away. Yeah. Start by, dude, what's your story? Why? Because I actually want to serve humbly. I want to know your story. And then speak up, tell your story. This is what Jesus did for me. They can argue with theology. They can't argue with your story. Right. So speak up, share your story. And then, and then lastly, here's how Paul would sort of end us in, in encouraging us. He'd say this, run your race. I don't know if you remember how he finished uh, in verse 24. Here's what he said. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, mm. the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. That's probably a phrase that could encapsulate all of who Paul was. Right. Like, right. I testify to the good news of God's grace because he was, he was hosed. Like, that dude was in <laughs> trouble and God's grace poured out in his life. He was worse than everything. I am. He was worse than anyone I've ever <laughs> met at this point. Right. So that's his life. And, he, and, and I think Paul would encourage you, listen, run your race. You're not responsible to run someone else's race. You're responsible to run your race. Where has God put you? Who has God put in your path? What passions has God put inside of you? What wiring do you have? And run your race. See, as Paul looks back on all of his time, the last thing he says to the Ephesian elders at this church is, listen, run the race God's put in front of you. Mm -hmm. And here's a, here's a danger in this 12-stone home season. It's for all of us, but if you're in a 12-stone home especially, you can hear the stories we tell of what God's doing at the barn. Man, mm -hmm. 50, 60 people. The place right. is, is like a massive worship concert every weekend. It's incredible. And you look and go, I don't have a barn. Or you hear what's going on in Boulder Creek and go, I don't have a business to open up. Or you hear, you, you look at someone else who's on, the, on the, their journey with Jesus and they feel like they're farther ahead than you or making more of an impact. And you go, I'll never do that. And I think Paul, and I think Jesus would look down and say, you're not supposed to run that race. You're supposed to run your race. And you're not responsible for the results. You're responsible for your race, the race God's put in front of you to run. And 12 Stone Home, we are taking the long game here. Mm. Like we want to see God change your apartment complex, your dorm, yeah. your neighborhood, your city, where you live. 
it's not going to be overnight. It's yeah. going to be the long game. You know, one thing we say is um, 12 Stone Home grows at the speed of relationship. That's it. And relationship and friendships and trust, it just takes time. Absolutely. And that's all about the race God set before you. And so I would just encourage you, don't look at the person to your right, to your left. Look in front and say, God, what's the race you have set in front of me? And we've got some really cool 12 Stone yeah. Homes that are sort of going, God, this is where you put me, That's right. and this is the race you have in front of me. Yeah, so it just depends. Like, in, We have in Chattanooga seven people that meet in a living room at an apartment complex, and they're looking to expand, but it's it's slow and it's steady, but that's the race God's called them to. And if they look at the barn, they go, we're failing. It's like, that's no, right. no, 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 that, that's the race God put before you. Yeah. You have an apartment and seven people. Invest there. Yeah, we compare ourselves with others, don't we, a lot a of the lot. time. And so <laughs> we actually, we do have business owners who basically said, you know, I, the race I can do is give something from my business. We've got, there's all kinds of gifts. You got food, you got hospitality, you have just serving people well. In, in Spokane, I heard of uh, these two ladies, right? They were a couple miles from each other watching yeah, three miles. miles, yeah. And they started like a block party and just set out food and just started meeting their neighbors. Yeah, and one of those ladies basically said, I'm gonna take a portion of my income just so I can start to have neighbors over and buy food. So that's she's just buying food and inviting people over so she can meet her neighbors and, and make them her friends. And that's that's her race. Right. And so we started today, why does, it, why does it feel so hard to make change sometimes? Right. And if we're honest, we've all been there. Whether it's personal, maybe you're in a place personally where you're like, man, I thought I'd be further down the line in this journey, or I thought I'd be a better person by now, or I thought my marriage would be better, or my kids would be better, or, right. or man, I, I, I was hoping that I would be a part of seeing this neighborhood change. I, man, I thought I'd see more. Change is hard. But maybe what God wants to do is say this. You're at the starting line, and you don't know where to start. You start by serving humbly. Man, just, just serve, just love people. And then, then speak up when given the chance. Point people to Jesus and then run your race. What has God put in front of you? Who has God put in front of you? What, what gifts and abilities do you have, whether it's an apartment or a barn? What has God given you to run your race? And so here in a minute, we're gonna, we're gonna receive communion, right, but right. I wanna start why don't we do a question for them? Yeah, to we have this. we have one more question, so I encourage you push the pause button. And this question is a little bit different. We're going to ask you to lean in, maybe, and get a little personal, vulnerable. We we believe you're in a safe space. And if you're by yourself, just grab some paper, anything around you. You might mm -hmm. want to journal this. But here's the question: What is the next step in your race? That could be a giftness that you have. It could be something personal in your life that you're kind of like, God, I've been trying to see you change this in my life for a long time, but I still feel stuck. So be willing to share that. And by the way, it's meant to be shared in community where people can come along beside us and help us. In fact, people can actually see giftedness that we can't see in ourselves. Yeah. And so push the pause button, take some time, lean in, take a risk, take a risk and share what's the next step in your personal race. So I hope you guys had some robust conversations around that because, man, that's a big, that's a big yeah. deal. Yep. Like, what's your next step? Uh, and, man, there's hundreds of us that gather in 12 Stone Home all over, but maybe, maybe you're watching online and you're watching by yourself or with your family, and maybe the Spirit of God would sort of prompt your heart and say your next step is to at least explore what it might look like for you to lead a 12 Stone Home group. And so if you want to do that, text home to 37748. We'd love to help you on your journey to run your race. So that's, that, that might be something that you would consider doing today. Right, right. So we're about to go into communion. So maybe your next step is to actually remember your story. And we're going to take some time to remember the story of Jesus, which yes. is I love 
receiving communion. And um, we were talking earlier about Hebrews chapter 12 and how that really fits in. I just wanna read that to kind of set the tone mm -hmm. for running the race here. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. He's the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. And he, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So as you know, or maybe you don't, that, that actually the first Lord's Supper, the table, was the night that Jesus was betrayed. And as Jesus is sitting in an upper room with his most intimate friends, mm -hmm. his most intimate friends, around he was table looking like this. around a table like this. Are we intimate friends? We are, so, we are. But anyways, he was with his most intimate friends. He was thinking about the next day where he would go to the cross, mm -hmm where his body would be beaten, where he would shed his blood for our sins. And listen, just remember this. Jesus lived a life that you couldn't live. We cannot live the life that Jesus lived. We're growing, we're becoming more like Jesus. And then he shed his blood on the cross for you and rose again. So if you're a Christian, we wanna invite you into this to remember your story and how the story of Jesus and your story comes together. And we're gonna do that in a second. If you're not a follower of Jesus yet, we wanna encourage you. We, we pray yes. that you'll receive salvation, the forgiveness of your sins by surrendering to, to God in your life. And we hope that happens soon. But if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, just observe, see what God wants to say to you through this process. Mm -hmm. And maybe you'll learn something and who knows what God does in that. So. Here's what I wanna do. I wanna read 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and we're gonna receive the bread and then the drink, and um, we'll celebrate that That's and remember it. what God's done, okay? So the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is broken for me. Do this in remembrance of me. So as you receive the body of Jesus, just remember his body being beaten, um, him being whipped. He did this for your sake because he loves you so much. And then Paul goes on to write in verse 25, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. As you receive the, the drink and represents the blood of Jesus, just remember, just say thank you to Jesus. Jesus, yeah. thank you that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. And listen, your sins are forgiven. Those of you in Christ who've placed your trust in Jesus, every sin that you've ever done, mm -hmm. will do, has been forgiven by God because of the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Can we just seal this by praying together? And, um, I'd love to. Yeah. So Jesus, uh, Thank you doesn't seem big enough, but thank you for what you did for us. And God, thank you for the way that you have transformed so many. Um, God, from the time of the New Testament all the way to now, the amount of lives that have been changed because of an encounter with you, Jesus. And so God, I pray for our church. I pray for 12 Stone Homes all over the place and 12 Stone Online, everyone that's watching. God, I pray that you would, you'd, this week, would you help make it clear what is their next step? Mm -hmm. God, you've, set, you've put a race before us. You've got a purpose and a plan for our lives. Nothing is a mistake with you. You've done this on purpose. So God, would you give some clarity as to what our next step is to become more like you and to see the world around us transformed. So Jesus, thank you for who you are and for what you've done in your name. Amen. 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 Jason, thank you. It's a good day. It's man. a really good day. Hey, 12 Stone Home, we love you. We'll see you next week. 
Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.